quite like the cinematography. Like, like some of the shots would have been so difficult to get. You would have waited ages just to get that one shot. Because, you know, that's what nature is. It's so unpredictable. You never know when that shot is going to come. So I, I think some of the, the scenery, the, you know, just the underwater filming in general um, is quite beautiful. Welcome to Geek Sweat. This is another episode of Dom's Docs. I'm King Dom and we're talking docs. Joining me this week are MKH. Hi, Thank you for inviting me on a new segment. I'm loving it. Fantastic. And also joining us are Jay. Hey, good to be back. Good to have you back. So we have got an exciting one this time. It is the current winner of the Oscar for Best Documentary. So before we go into this, a um, little bit of historical background. Documentaries about wildlife and nature are probably the second most frequent winner of the Oscar for Best Documentary after war. And they've had a bit of a checkered history. Um, famous winners including The Silent World, which is Jacques Cousteau and Louis Bau in 1956, the film that inspired The Life Aquatic by Wes Anderson probably well regarded by naturalists and filmmakers, but on the debit side, there are things like White Wilderness, which is a Walt Disney documentary from 1958 that created the myth that lemmings jump off a cliff to commit suicide, which is technically bullshit. So it's had a little checkered history at the Oscars, but once again, the winner of the Oscar for best picture best documentary picture is a nature documentary. So what did you make of this one, MKH? I never thought I would be watching something that was placed neatly into a weird subgenre of bestiality because I really felt that this guy was falling in love with an octopus. And this guy is actually married as well to, to a human being. But the relationship that he had with this octopus at times made me, um, shall we say, just slightly concerned. I, I have written down some quotes from the documentary, and we will come to you in a minute, Jay. But um, one of the quotes I wrote down is, um, I wonder, does she dream? And if she does, what does she dream about? <laughs> and I just imagined this guy watching that with his wife sat next to him. And I think this is so awkward. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It sounded like he was having an affair with the common octopus. Like I was like, what is happening? What am I watching? What have I gotten myself into? Um, so that was my, my first thoughts from I mean, look at the quotes in isolation don't look like quotes from a nature doc. I've <laughs> got to say. I'm just like, I'm just reading them back. You start thinking about your own vulnerability. I realised I was changing. And the fact that he stalked this octopus. He had to learn how to stalk her. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy went to extreme lengths to track and follow a common octopus who did not like... And, and then this common octopus actually started acting like, okay, if, if, I, if I don't do what he wants and touch him, he might just squish me to death. And I think <laughs> that's what she... And that's what she ended up doing. She, she ended up... Um, she ended up just curtailing to her, um, I, I guess, predator, like her captor. Like it was, it was, it was, it was absolutely weird. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it was quite weird. Okay, I found the best quote. 
the barriers between her and I seem to dissolve. <laughs> Just the pure magnificence of her. And, and actually, I got a comment about like um, so. F- films about nature winning best documentary is it because hollywood wants to pretend they care about nature is that is that why i think that is a massive part of it yeah it's like yeah well we know we'll pay lip service to a nature documentary every five years or so you know keep leonardo dicaprio happy yeah (laughs) yeah stop him shouting at people what they need to do is keep Leonardo DiCaprio away from young 20 year olds. That's what that's what they need to put there. That, that is very much their priority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jamie, what did you think? What was your thoughts about this, <laughs> this documentary? I'm, I'm just sitting here silently listening to you guys talk. And it's kind of like, you know what? A lot of people have pets that they apply human characteristics to. And they have relationships with, you know, not not a sexual relationship with their pets, but they have a an emotional attachment, and I think I think you're confusing that. <laughs> but this wasn't his pet. This was no. a wild animal, like living her life, like as she was. But it is in a way because when you observe something for a long period of time, it's like having like a bird's nest in your backyard, and you're just kind of like watching them every day just to see how they develop it's the same sort of thing because you don't want to see a baby bird fall out of the nest and die do you um and I think that's the same sort of thing with the octopus yes it's wild but you have you've been watching it grow and develop and as a part of that you yourself are also learning and growing in observing this other you know animal that you're you're sharing this world with so you've looked at birds in your garden and and wondered oh my goodness there's barriers between me and this bird i wonder if they dream about me (laughs) i'm really teaching i'm going to follow this bird even when they build a new nest in a in a back garden two miles away i'm going to follow this bird i'm going to track this bird and i just i just like questioning my own mortality just looking at this bird (laughs) Mortality, yes, because we probably outlive most animals in our lives. So, yes, I think there's an element of mortality there. In terms of, you know, what they're dreaming, maybe not so much, but you might go, oh, should I feed them bread? Would they like bread? Would they prefer seeds? Would they, you know, there is an element of if... You you are covering for this guy. What you're explaining is nowhere near the attraction he had for that octopus. But is it, was it attraction or was it concern? I have no idea what it was. Like, I don't know what it was about this common octopus that really stuck. <laughs> she didn't have any more arms than any other octopus. <laughs> she didn't have any more suckers. I mean, like that. Like, this guy was on the edge while he was watching this octopus fight for its life to the point where I thought he was in a, like, I think he did feed her at one point. And no. he was gonna well he, he only only because she was injured. Only because she was injured. But he otherwise, get injured. Yes, correct. But exactly. he, he did question whether he should have done that. And no. actually when the shark was chasing her, he didn't intervene. He would have so he, no. he, he he was allowing nature to take its course and he was quite willing to let that happen. No, no, he no, at the beginning he allowed nature to take its take its course when an arm was missing. But when she was injured, she thought, okay, let me step in because I'm so in love with this octopus. I want to see her survive and have children and grow like this. And then it, it, there was something really weird. I can't remember the quote. There was something really, really weird 
once she obviously gave birth to like the 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 octopi or whatever they're called there was something so sinister that he said and i was like this is okay we need to draw like we need to check this guy's hard drive this is beyond the pell what footage <laughs> what footage is he not showing us in the documentary that's what i started wondering well maybe she attached to his nutsacks no obviously like we only saw the hand job <laughs> <laughs> what did he say you have to gently prize the suckers off yeah <laughs> He's making a heartfelt documentary about the no. and you guys are taking it in a totally different bestiality kind no, of way. He took it there first. Eye-opening. Um, some of the things he said. Also, imagine having two thousand fingers. <laughs> yeah, but oh my god, which is actually the same as having having ten fingers. It's the exact same. You're just taking. You're just turning them into double entendres. No, he did in the first place. It's exactly the same as having ten fingers and ten toes. That, but we'll just have 10,000 of them. I don't know why he needs it. Like, this guy, no, seriously. Jamie, you didn't look at this guy and think, okay, something's going on here. What else, no. what else, what else is behind <laughs> this guy, <laughs> behind this guy's eyes? <laughs> okay, Jamie, you're I very accommodating. You're, you're, you're very accommodating. You're very accommodating. I got a random fact that I uh, learned about oct- octopus, actually. So male octopus, after they actually uh, do the uh, the seabed tango. Is that what we're calling it now? Yes. It's called mating in, in the wildlife world. Yes, exactly that as well. Mating. It, that as well. I don't know what breed of octopus <laughs> it is, but... Uh, the common breed of octopus. No, no I, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's actually common breed of octopus that I'm referring to because obviously there's different breeds of them. But one of the breeds, once they ha- they mate with their partner, the species. male, yeah, their species, their memory gets wiped off until that point. They don't remember anything before that day. Wow, really? Yeah, seriously. Isn't that like, the most wonderful thing? <laughs> Imagine you wake up next to the octopus equivalent of Rihanna and you don't know how you got there, but you like, uh, I know what happened. But you're like, thank God. I <laughs> exactly. Thank it was the thank God it was the octopus equivalent of Rihanna. Did I deny? Did I, I, yeah, did I, I, I could go about my business now. And I think that is um the the burdens that female and male octopus have to carry. Because obviously, That's as we saw. No, but it, it's like we saw in the, <laughs> Love it's, and leave. Love and leave. It's a guy thing. No, but it, they, obviously they forget. They forget everything that's happened up until that point. And obviously the female octopus have to, have to die. So like, I think they both have like burdens to like carry around with them. Would you agree they both got burdens? So like the female octopus has to raise the young and then die. And then the male octopus has to mate and then their whole memory gets wiped. They're just disorientated for the rest of their life. But they still live. But they're disorientated for the rest. Like it's, it's not. A, Are they disorientated? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. You, you said they lose their memory from yeah. that point, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean they gain new memories. And, and no, they don't gain new memories, but I don't think they go on to mate again. I think they, they live out the rest of their lives in a disorientation because having your whole memory wiped is going to do that. I, I have been also doing some research about octopuses, and this is from The Guardian that um, august organ, I don't know why I use the word organ, um, they're talking about octopuses' reproduction. Yes. And it says, most reproduce at arm's length, the male handing the female a packet of his sperm with his special sex arm. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? Oh man! Oh, but you're taking this in the uh, a, a totally different direction to where where I thought it would go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You watched that documentary with complete pure thoughts from beginning from back from beginning to end. Natural history. I take it seriously. It's biology. I, I know. Okay, you can take it seriously, but <laughs> you you didn't you didn't listen to some of the quotes that this man said and thought, okay, that is is this guy is he doing I'm, it on purpose? I'm innocent. <laughs> is he is he doing so it on purpose? I know. Is he doing it on purpose now? Is he doing double entendres on purpose? Like obviously, this guy's written some of this some of these quotes down to to speak about later because I read that it was filmed over two years or something was it let me just check but i know it's a long period of time it was it was a long period of time i noticed once on the screen it said day 250 well he said that they have a lifespan of a year so i'd say probably the following year was editing and just putting the story together well it was because... it was filmed back in 2010 really yeah wow yeah this was filmed back in 2010 and then obviously we saw afterwards what he did in terms of creating um what, what did he create? Um, some type of wildlife task force A team or something? Um, it was so, the um, cult preservation project or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So that, that yeah. So that was, this this was done ten years ago. Uh, so the footage and then obviously added all the the words and stuff. But yeah, I think it was filmed over a year. Yeah. The Sea Change Project. Yeah. Yeah. The Sea yes. Change. Yeah. Sea Change Project. Yeah. There you go. But and, it was all about preserving that kelp kelp forest anyway absolutely and um so yeah it, it, I, I like the casting on this so like it, it features like craig foster uh, tom foster who's craig's son we have the octopus as herself <laughs> and the pajama <laughs> shark as itself <laughs> great performance so yeah. menacing i know because obviously you didn't have time to like check the undercarriage to see what um <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to credit the crab. Yeah, the crab as well. They needed to credit the crab. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic casting. I think everyone did their role. I think um, <laughs> Craig Craig was a bit too um, uh, overzealous in some parts. I, uh, I didn't really agree with him feeding the octopus, but then again, it would have made the film a lot shorter if he didn't <laughs> give it the food when it was really weak. And it, it was amazing when she, her arm regrew, actually. That's another that, that was amazing. Uh, I did quite enjoy that. Um, like a small little teeny tiny. Um. How, how do you how, how do you like that they actually cut out all existence of the male octopus? Do you think that was by uh, request of Craig? I don't want any other man around her in this film. I'm just going to say she mated and that was it. I mean, I was more disturbed by the lack of his wife, really. <laughs> Yeah, no, but do you think that was an editor's choice to not include? Like, I guess what is his wife? His wife is uh, she's an environmentalist journalist, so maybe she had a lot of to report at the time, so she couldn't well, com commit. Considering considering there was a lot of footage of him swimming, it's not like he took that footage of himself. So maybe she was the other diver. True. Maybe. True. I think had I been the documentary filmmaker, I would have done the documentary interview with him sitting next to his wife so you could see her reaction when he was going yeah. into some of the more flowery oh, octopus stuff. Oh, my gosh. 
I would have liked to have seen but that. To be honest, she wouldn't have been the first first um, partner to be sidelined for someone else's career. So wh- why do we think it was in production for so long if it was filmed 10 years ago? Um, maybe they were like the filmmakers were looking for the right angle to edit it around. Because, I mean, they definitely picked out that storyline out of a lot of possible storylines. Exactly. <laughs> and apparently, I think I've got this right, he discovered five new species of shrimp. So he wasn't just stalking an octopus all the time. <laughs> he was actually doing some serious scientific research. So according to this, it was like um, he dived every day for five years. So I think this octopus story was among that five years. And it's interesting that the directors of the documentary also take a credit for writing it. So they have definitely shaped it in this direction. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, exactly. That's, um, yeah, so his answers were probably leading questions. Mm, how much do you love her? What do you mm. think about at night? <laughs> do you ever dream of her? Yeah, that type of stuff. So, so Pippa and James, who, who, who wrote and directed this, have a lot to answer this. They have a lot to answer for. In terms of the production, uh, the, 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 the direction, in terms of the writing direction they went in, how do you rate this? Do you think they could have taken another angle or... Uh, they definitely could have taken another angle. I mean, I didn't think it was technically the best documentary I've seen by any means. Mm. I didn't really understand why they only did one interview with him. That seemed like a self-imposed problem. So the voiceover was very one note, whereas yes. if they'd interviewed him at different times in different locations, there would have been more variety. Because that's what I was going to say. So like, obviously, they got all the footage. Then they sat him in his room for like, I don't know, two hours to speak. And then that was it. That was probably the only interaction they had with him. And then they went away and did what, 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 what we've seen here. They could have done more to open it out. Like, I mean, if he lives right by the ocean, he's talking about his childhood. Why not interview him outside? Yeah. You know, just do something to like create a bit more like emotional light and shade. Because a lot of the time it felt like he was recounting something in quite a dry way except when he got surprisingly flowery. But um, <laughs> a lot of the time it was, it seemed like an unusual, unfamiliar story, but told in a quite conventional and boring way at times. Yeah. And also the music wasn't great at times. <laughs> it, was it was forgettable. Very, I very overbearing. I, I actually forgot there was actually music in it. Like, I, I, that's how bad it was. Um, definitely. J- Jamie, what did you think about the- Are you a great watcher of documentaries? I, I do like natural history type documentaries, ancient history documentaries and wildlife documentaries. I don't watch a lot of them, but I do enjoy them when I watch them. Um, but, okay, so so for me, I mean, now that you guys are taking the mick out of it so badly with all the sexual innuendo and double entendre stuff, yeah, they should have taken it in a slightly different direction, clearly. But I think you guys are just in that frame of mind right now. So, you know, maybe you guys need to kind of like let off some steam. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, All right, I ch- back in 10 minutes, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I, challenge, uh, I challenge anyone to watch the documentary and not come up with the same thoughts that uh, myself and Dom came up with. Um, so... Okay, I, I, I'm looking at all the awards it's won, and I don't know what other 
documentary was up against, but it's won a hell of a lot of awards. And I'm trying to figure out what is so special about this documentary that it won a BAFTA and an Oscar. See, I quite like the cinematography. Like, like some of the shots would have been so difficult to get. You would have waited ages just to get that one shot. Because, you know, that's what nature is. It's so unpredictable. You never know when that shot is going to come. So I, I think some of the, the scenery, the, you know, just the underwater filming in general um, was quite beautiful. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. In places. What was he using? A GoPro or some type of... A, for, for like a lot of his personal shots, he was using like a sort of cannon water, water underwater. Um, yeah, it looked like a it looked like a GoPro with like a waterproof housing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, maybe we were a bit overzealous in our innuendos. Um, uh, thank, <laughs> thank you for for, for uh, reining us in, Jamie. Bad so, boy. This got ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think that's about right? That seems very high. I mean, that's what I, I was thinking. Wanna... Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't what agree. Can you with say? That. I mean, I don't want to shit on it, but it's not technically the most revolutionary documentary ever it's okay but is it it educational and is is it based on the cinematography and just the shots of the head because they it looks like they used a um oh what you call them a sky camera thingy um (laughs) a drone a drone yeah it looks like they did some drone shots did, how much did we learn, though, that we couldn't have like just read on Wikipedia? Like, basically, this this was pretty subjective because he, this guy injected a lot of emotions into it. A pajama shark is called a pajama shark because of its stripes, and an octopus only lives one year, and when yep. it mates, it dies when it gives birth. Well, that's a female. But like, um, I, I I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was more of an emotional, emotive piece. And I think, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I, so, I think most of these kind of wildlife ones want you to have some connection to the wildlife, so that you know you might actually want to protect it. No, but what I'm saying is that I, I can watch a uh, David Attenborough documentary and get education plus emotion, whereas I don't think I got that much education from this documentary. That that's just I, me. But I think this is his personal story, though. This is his very personal story. Whereas That's what I was saying. With, with Attenborough, he's very factual. But uh, no, but I'm just speaking oh to your point about like it being a documentary where you learn stuff and stuff. And I don't think I learned that much from it. This was one man's experience with one uh, common octopus. Yes, it is. In that way, it's more like watching a fictional film. Yeah, like that's what I thought. I did research into the octopus and then you get a montage of scientific papers. So you don't learn anything apart from the fact that he did research. Mm. That's why that's how I took it. Well, did it's you... about his story though, isn't it? And oh yeah. Know... I'm not, I, we're not arguing that. I'm just, I'm just talking about from a purely from a fact based sharing exercise. Like you said, it's like a type of natural uh, history documentary type thing that for me, I didn't get a lot of. Like, yeah, but here's the thing, though. I think it's more about his journey rather than the octopus itself. Oh, yeah, I'm not arguing with you there. No, I, I, no we're agreeing on every single point, just apart from, like, I think in terms of pure facts that I learned about the octopus and the seabed and the pajama sharks, I didn't get any of that. I just got interact. I, I got uh, interactions over a long period of time. That's, that's what I got for me. I think they could have done something to open it out a bit more. It felt like... It was a bit too narrowly focused 
And I also doubted whether some of it was reconstructed. I, mean, I think a lot you... of it was. I think a lot of it was reconstructed. Okay, yeah, probably. But I was wondering, did he really, like, cover a wall with Polaroids like a TV detective? Or was that something that the directors told him to do? Exactly. You'll have to ask him. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, if I was following an animal and I was studying it, I would be taking photos and I'd be putting them on the wall. But it's maybe, isn't it a problem with the documentary that because of the way it's made, you doubt if something is true or not? Mm-hmm. Aha! Aha! Loving it. Is it. It's time to land this octopus plane. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is a phrase I will never say again, probably. <laughs> Do you recommend my octopus teacher? Thing is, like, it's not like it's something that blew me away. I think it was interesting. Um, I mean, if you're interested in octopuses, octopi, or someone's story, I mean, like, I mean, the title is My Octopus Teacher. So it's about a person's journey and, you know, what he learned from the octopus and the kind of relationship he built with the octopus and anthropomorphically, obviously. Um, it's an interesting ride. I, I wouldn't say it's shite. I wouldn't say it's up there with the best of the documentaries, but it won an award for, for a reason. So it's worth a watch just for interest, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with that. MKH. Um, yeah, now that Jay sobered us up, I'm gonna have to agree. It is a great documentary. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that we took it down such a lad's path. Um, but I, I will contend that I I do feel that 97% is slightly high. Um, but I, I get what the documentary is trying to do and also what the oscars was trying to do by giving it uh, an award because it is such an emotional story and you will get attached to the emotions expressed in this story uh keep your filthy minds out of the gutters everyone listening my octopus teacher is a heartwarming documentary if you're in the white frame of mind or an amusing documentary if you're not <laughs> it's like nothing else you will have seen as a story so if only for that reason it's worth a watch and that is all we've got time for from Dom's Docs for this week so thanks for joining me Jay thank you for having me and thanks for joining me MKH it's been an absolute pleasure I feel exactly the same so till next time (laughs) take care ciao